words that were spoken that put them down and even set them free from the inner vows, the deceptions and the lies that they have accepted inside of themselves, even as young children. Set them free so that by your truth, they will be set free. I ask you to bring healing into the lives of moms and dads and boys and girls everywhere. Heal our pastors, heal our bishops, all those who are responsible for the church so that we can be more and more effective in proclaiming your word and building your kingdom. And that for all of this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Tune in every Thursday at 3.30 p.m. for Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. This is Joe Scheidler in Chicago. Want to learn some Latin? Well, here are three simple words that say it all. Ora et labora. That's the motto of the Benedictines, and that means pray and work. Pray for the 4,000 babies who will be cruelly killed in legal abortions today in American cities alone. But also work to end abortion. Pray and work. How do you work? Well, come out to an abortion clinic near you. Pray there, but also talk to the women going in. Offer them help. If you want to know how, give us a call. We're the Pro-Life Action League in Chicago. Call us at 773-777-2900. That's 773-777-2900. Or contact us at prolifeaction.org. Listeners Live. Hi, I'm Elaine from Libertyville, Illinois. You are listening to listener-supported WSFI Antioch, 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Hello, and we'll begin with the Chaplet of Mercy. Father Bob Sears, are you there? Yes, uh-huh. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. You expired, Jesus, with the source of the gust forth from souls, the source of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon it. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us, I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us, I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us, I trust in you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, 
and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy, the Holy Catholic, Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. 
for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and, and on, on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For his sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. St. Faustina, pray for us.
Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MAT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. This is Father Joseph Mary Wolf from EWTN. Catholic Radio is important because you reach people where they are. Often people may be traveling in their cars, they may be in home doing other things, and they can still be growing in their faith. They can be participating in prayers. That We have all of these stories of people who were touched by what they heard on the network. They came into the Catholic faith and many other stories of how people's lives were changed for the better through Catholic Radio. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hello and welcome to Healing the Whole Person. We have a wonderful show for you today. I'm your moderator, Joan McHugh, and on tap is one of our favorite priests, Father Bob Sears, S.J. And Father, um, I'm going to ask you to give the highlights of your biography. I often read this biography, but you know what? There's some beautiful highlights you might want to stress about um, your past and your credentials. So. Can you give it a shot, Father, and tell our listeners just uh, who you are and w- what you're about? <laughs> well, <clears throat> yeah, I'm a Jesuit, Jesuit uh, priest. I was ordained in 1966 in Germany, uh, in Munich, and uh, I, my interest is in psychotherapy and theology, so I taught at the university at uh, Loyola University. First of all, we had a theologate here in Chicago. I taught there for nine years in Jesuit School of Theology in Chicago, and then I taught at the Institute of Pastoral Studies at Loyola until 2006. I'm a member of the Association of Christian Therapists, what it used to be called, now it's called ACTEALS, and uh, also Right now, I do counseling and spiritual direction, and if people are interested, my website is uh, www.familytreehealing.com. So I'm happy to do these programs because my interest is in spirituality and therapy and healing. And so that's really what uh, I was involved with at Loyola and the Institute of Pastoral Studies uh, 
teaching course in Jung and theology, trying to give a theological perspective on Jung and, and teaching other courses that had to do with healing as well as uh, the regular courses, theology of the Holy Spirit and theology of Mary, etc. And then today, so, Father, I understand you're going to talk about well, you're beginning a series on the sacraments and healing, and today you're going to be talk about the Eucharist and healing. Yes, yes, because, well, one one of the reasons, of course, is it's one of the foundational sacraments with mm -hmm. uh, baptism, and uh, the Eucharist, of course, is for adults, also conferred with baptism on Holy Saturday, the vigil, you know, you have the baptism, and then First Communion. So, but the Eucharist is very important, and this, so I got interested, of course, in it, because I had, I think, I have a special grace to to have a devotion to the Eucharist. I was, I attended Loyola Academy when it was on the Lakeshore campus at the time, and I was a member of the Sodality of Our Lady, and we were encouraged to attend Mass as often as we could. And so I lived in Highland Park at the time, and, but I could go to, you know, the Mass at 6.30 in the morning at Immaculate Conception Parish, where we belonged, uh, before going to Loyola, and I made it a practice to do that. So really, I, I received the Eucharist, you know, after I started being in the Sodality, pretty much every morning, and uh, would always uh, fast, after midnight, even though we might be on a date or something like that, <clears throat> because, you know, you're receiving God. I thought people were strange not to do that, <laughs> but, but I thought they probably thought I was strange to do that, but it, <clears throat> Father, everybody has different, <laughs> you know, you each, each have a different grace, and I think the Lord sure. gave me that grace to really value His presence in the Eucharist, so That's that... Has started me off, and even now I pray about an hour before the Eucharist every morning. You know, as oh, I do my beautiful. prayer in the morning, and so it—it it really is an empowering uh, sacrament where the the presence of our Lord. And a lot of people have discovered that with their, you know, prayer of adoration before the Blessed Sacrament, mm -hmm. that that Jesus is really present there, and uh, you know, <laughs> I just came back from Metagorgia and we you know we're we're amazed that Mary has been appearing there for since 1981 every day mm -hmm. so that's 37 years you know yes and yet right. Jesus appears <laughs> yes he's with us every day <laughs> till the end of time really in the Eucharist so it's like uh, we need to get a, a refreshed faith in the, yes, what Father. has happened and not simply take those things for granted but that it tossed him his life to give to us, you know? What's so beautiful to me, Father, is that um, you seem to have, God just blessed you with a, a very early faith in his real presence. Yes, I mean that, uh, you know, I never doubted the, the real presence and I could, I could experience it actually when we moved into Highland Park, you know, because we lived out in Woodridge, and that was, we had to go to public schools then, so, but my mother, I guess, had an anticipation, she told me later, that I might have a vocation, so mm. she wanted to, my father to move into Highland Park, even though we'd built the house in Woodridge, 
Uh, and so we left that and moved into Highland Park, even though my older brother and sister went to public high school mm -hmm. and, and she didn't feel the same way about them. And so I started going to Immaculate Conception and sister Mary Edna took, a, took me under her wing and uh, you know she got me involved in serving mass and becoming a master of ceremonies for you know the high feasts like mm -hmm. Holy Saturday mm -hmm. and singing the Genesis and the different readings and things so I was I was getting initiated into uh, being a server and yeah. and then with going to Loyola which I chose to go myself and fun, funded myself because nowadays of course it'd be too expensive I never could have mm -hmm. made it <laughs> mm -hmm, sure <coughs> oh father so, that's beautiful hmm? so I, I I know you you have there's so much to explore here about the Eucharist so but God grounded you and blessed you with a very deep faith and then you went on to become a priest and then did you specialize in 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 the in the in studying the sacraments or how did your love of the Eucharist deepen well, I mean, I, I know I specialized in the theology of the Holy Spirit, actually. Mm -hmm. my, my dissertation is on a German theologian who specialized in the Holy Spirit because I was trying to find the theological foundation for therapy. So mm -hmm. basically, uh, I was interested in psychotherapy, and, and but, but not because we had all these psychologies of religion, but we had no theologies of psychology. <laughs> well, this is so interesting to me. Now, is there a theology of, of psychotherapy? Well, there is. I've, at least I've developed it. <laughs> and what's In the other basis words, my, of it? The, the theology of the Holy Spirit, but the reason why I chose the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit, according to Harry Bert Mullen, who is a German theologian who specialized in the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. how do, how do you spell that? influences us in what he called the a priori I. You know, we don't want to get into too much, but that means before we're even conscious of something, the Holy Spirit's working in us. Oh, can I just interrupt you, Father? Jen is listening, and she is wondering how to spell that priest's name that you mentioned. Oh, Harry Bert Mullen? Yes. <laughs> okay, but... None of hardly he does have a one called charismatic theology. That's the only book in English that I know. All of them are in German. So okay. basically, she's not going to be able to read it unless she knows German. <laughs> but Mühlen is M U E umlaut Mühlen M U E H L E N Mühlen. Harry Bert Mullen, he specialized in the Holy Spirit, uh -huh. and he does have that book called Charismatic Theology because he became a charismatic after I <laughs> kind of talked to him about it over there. Wow. I was at that time already charismatic when I was doing my doctoral work at Fordham, and, and that's where I developed the dissertation. And so what uh, touched me was because the depth psychology works in our unconscious. Uh-huh. And so I've always been interested in what is the ground of healing, whether we know it or not. See, mm -hmm. we're, we're so focused on our awareness, but our awareness is so shallow compared to what the actual situation is. Mm -hmm. And God's healing has to go deeper than our awareness. May, I just, so, may I just ask a question, though? Couldn't, okay. couldn't God's healing just through prayer, just you offering your soul to God, couldn't God just touch you in your depths and heal you? 
Oh yes, surely. It's, uh, he does do that, in fact, uh, if we're willing and we open, because God won't go against our freedom. Mm -hmm. and that's a principle I learned from, especially, well, from Theophostic ministry, you know, which is a Christian-based therapeutic mm -hmm. ministry that, that's, you know, relatively recent in the last 20 years, anyways, or, well, 30 years now. Uh, and uh, because he always would ask permission of the person if it's all right if you do that, and the, the person would come up with a, a, a conviction that they have or that wasn't really true, that they were a bad person because they got abused or something like right. that. So he would, he would uh, say, is it all right if we pray, ask God if that's true? Mm -hmm. And when they did, God would respond. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they'd see it wasn't true. And so if they could get rid of those lies, uh -huh. people were getting healed. And so that touched me deeply because I realized that we really need to give God permission. Because yeah. God won't go against our freedom. He's love and he doesn't force. Beautiful. Beautiful. So that's really been very important for my understanding of healing, is that we need to give God permission. And Jen wants to ask you a question, Father. I'm just mm -hmm. wondering how deeply hidden are these resistance to God that we would like to uncover? How, how do we understand? We have very deep, well, we have deep resistances because they're so painful. There's such a thing that is called a primal pain, primal scream, if you want, a primal pain. And they're so deep that it takes years. I didn't really get in touch with the depth of the wound that I had until my late 70s. <laughs> mm -hmm. So even though I was getting healing all along the line, and the Lord brought me step by step through these different processes. So ultimately, when Jesus comes in the Eucharist, for example, he's really giving us a new life that is grounded in God. Mm. Mm. before anybody sinned. In other words, Jesus has already brought us into our wholeness and he's feeding us with the life of God. And so that's really the power of the Eucharist to bring healing. Now people sometimes think, well, you know, I need some you know, if it's a sexual sin or something like that or I need to have a, a relationship that uh, has body to it, I tell them, go to the Eucharist. <laughs> uh -huh. Jesus, Jesus is embodied in the Eucharist. So go to the Eucharist and see if you don't feel his bodily presence. And he's willing to heal that depth of that bodily need that we have because, you know, healing is a gradual process and you have to start with the inner child and the inner child needs to be held and needs to be touched so there's a there's a need for touch. There's a need for bodily content, you know, uh, contact. So Father, and the, the Eucharist supplies that. In my experience of brokenness and um, going to God my whole life, but mainly later in life, when I went to daily mass and went to the Lord, it seems like the the connection with Jesus was healing, but it always led me to someone or to a book or to a, a priest or to um, a, a stranger. Yes. In other words, yes. God led me through the Eucharist. Is that fair to say? Co correct to yes. say? Yes. Oh, yes. He, he said no one. Jesus said no one can come to me unless the Father draw them. Mm -hmm. So going or getting that 
hunger for the Eucharist is a grace. I was drawn. And that was the, the Father drawing me. And then, Jen, you want to say something? Yes. I fell away from the church um, right about the time Vatican II was ending, I believe. Mm. And I found God in the nature, and I found him wherever I was in a quiet place. And then gradually, um, I kind of started missing something. Mm -hmm. And after a few years, I realized, having visited a number of different churches, non-Catholic Protestant churches, it was the Holy Eucharist that I had to go back to. And yes, it was yes. the desire and the thirst and hunger for that that brought me back. What a grace. That, yes, because if you fall away from the church, you were baptized in the church, see? So you were already opened to this divine life that Jesus is the food for. <laughs> now I wonder if I have made the transition from the intellectual to the heart. This is what's troubling me these days. Have I really... <laughs> You know, have I gone that into the depth uh -huh. that I should be? Well, I mean, I don't. I think you you must have, or you wouldn't have had that longing for oh. the Eucharist. Oh, all right, thank so you. So that's your that's heart. Nice. The, <laughs> <laughs> that solves that problem. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So you got past your head. Thank because you. The head doesn't have this kind of longing, you know. I'm glad the I stayed. The head just wants to know the truth. <laughs> that's a beautiful answer. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's yeah. beautiful, Jen. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and, right. And so the Eucharist does empower us. Uh, it powers us, yes. It's, it's really the life that we get after baptism. See, baptism uh, frees us from original sin, and so we have that longing for God that was cut off because of the sin. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is, of course, the second person of the Blessed Trinity. He is God in person, but now in human form so what we need I find for example if people come for uh, you know counseling or whatever they, they often get better while they're in my presence but then they lose it when they go back mm -hmm. yeah, because they need that ongoing relationship yes. well that's what Jesus has given us in the Eucharist is that ongoing relationship and when people can go to mass as frequently and every day I would suggest but that we say you know, I, I mentioned in, in thinking about this that the, I read a book called uh, Jesus and the, the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist and uh, by Brant Pitry, and, and he mentioned the fact that uh, the, the Eucharist is, as it were, the new manna. That Jesus, in a sense, sees the Eucharist in relationship to the manna in the desert in the Old Testament, because that was the presence of God. Mm -hmm. The manna was brought out. It was the, sacred, the the blessed bread that was in the Holy of Holies, and it was brought out three times a year and presented to the people, and they said, Behold the love of God for you. Mm. And so when Jesus uh, speaks of himself in John 6, chapter, he speaks of himself as the manna, but this time the fulfillment of the manna, because those that ate that bread died, but those that eat this bread will live forever. Oh, that's beautiful. And the Our Father is actually a prayer for that manna. We don't, we don't, 
we don't have it in our translation. The translation says, give us this day our daily bread. Mm -hmm. But the word for daily is in Greek is epiousios. Uh, it's a word that's only used in the Our Father in, in Matthew's Gospel and in Luke's Gospel. So they don't know what the meaning of it is. But the root meaning of epiousios, epi means on, upon, or above. And ousia in Greek means being. So this is above being or, a, you know, supernatural being. Beautiful. So we're praying for our supernatural bread every day. And what is this supernatural bread? Well, it's the manna. It's, it's the Eucharist, it's really. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Um, you know, Father, uh, we, I went to you for spiritual direction for so many years. I think I'm going to go back <laughs> because I just love every word that comes out of your mouth. But you once told me that my need for connection, for bonding, was probably, the Lord probably gave me the gift of an apostolate to the Eucharist to heal, to help me heal that need, that deep need for connection. Okay, beautiful, yes. Which we all and have, yes, you right? Could, you could be helping me <laughs> present this because you have the two books, beautiful books on the Eucharist. So, one on uh, different experiences and the other one on the whole history with, with lovely right, pictures and everything. Right. Wonderful books. But we all have that in, a in essence, really. We all are disconnected from ourselves, from our loved ones in some deep way. And so when we go to the Eucharist, he... Um, he, he seals that all that those cracks up yes yes exactly father here's the music we have to take a short break we're going to okay. come back and continue thank you so much mm -hmm. Come join us for an informative Lake County Right to Life talk on the 50th anniversary of the encyclical Humanae Vitae by Father Brian Milady, OP, on September 22nd. The talk will be held at the St. Mary of the Lake Seminary Refectory. Registration is at 7.30 a.m., breakfast at 8, and the talk starts at 9. Cost is $15 per person, and registration is required. Please call 847-223-7022. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Hi, this is Father Paul White from Holy Apostles in McHenry, Illinois. We are very excited, Holy Apostles, about the new WSFI radio station because it gives us an opportunity to do what the Pope calls us to do, to new evangelization and bring the Word of God to those who might not be able to get out to church. So we look forward to everyone in McHenry and Lake County taking advantage of this opportunity to listen to WSFI. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at WSFIRadio.org or mail your tax deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois. 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hi, 
Hello and welcome back to Healing the Whole Person. We're talking with Father Bob Sears, uh, who's just given a really a, a stunning um, expose of, on the Eucharist, uh, an explanation, I'm sorry, that's a better <coughs> word. So Father, um, you have so m much um, written about the Eucharist, how it can empower us, transform us, and then how about how the Eucharist calls us to be one body? Well, that you know that that struck me uh, just recently. Of course, it's 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 known that way. But Paul, in a reading that was actually rather recent, I think it was last week, sometime, uh, <clears throat> mentions the the fact that in their particular community, these one Corinthians of the eleventh chapter, the seventeenth verse and following. He says, you know, your meetings are doing more harm than good. <laughs> because they, they, you know, they, they, there was usually a meal connected with the Eucharist. And at the meal, it, he's saying, he was being informed that the wealthy people were, you know, eating well and some getting drunk, actually. And, and the poor people were just being abandoned or left, left on their own. And they weren't being taken care of. He said that <clears throat> you've missed the point, <laughs> mm -hmm, <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. because when but it was handed down to him, he says, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was handed over, took bread, and after he had given thanks, he said, this is my body that is for you. Mm -hmm. Do this in remembrance of me. And then the same way he took the cup and saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And he goes on to say that anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. For when we all eat the one bread and the one drink of the same cup, we belong to each other. We're one body. He has it that in. 1 Corinthians 12, you know, how we're one body and the one body has many different members and each member is a different gift, mm -hmm. all of which are necessary for the body. So we should use everything that we have for the body, not just selfishly for ourselves. So when you do that, when we eat and drink, you know, not seeing the, you know, the reality of the the body of Christ, then we're drinking judgment on ourselves, he mm -hmm. says. Mm -hmm. And in that way, he said, anyone who eats or drinks without discerning the body eats or drinks judgment on himself. That's why many of you, he goes on to say, are ill and infirm. And a, a considerable number are dying. They're being disciplined, he says, mm -hmm. so that not as not to be condemned with the world. In other words, when we take communion and we don't have oneness with one another, we are actually bringing judgment on ourselves. Mm -hmm. May I ask a question here, Father? Yes, that's Jen. Yes. Go ahead, Jen. Mm -hmm. uh, that, <clears throat> that ties into recently, I, was, I don't remember where I've read it, but if you are hoping for someone to be healed or you want to be praying for them, that at the elevation of the Eucharist is a good time to ask that Christ's blood uh, pour over them and heal. Is, would you, would, what would you say to that? That's beautiful. I mean, that that's uh, a very good thing. But another a point that I uh, would also like to say is that uh, 
the the sacraments, even though they are, you know, the real presence of Jesus, they won't help us unless we open to receive it. Okay. Because it's grace, and grace mm -hmm. is love, and love is a two-way street. So, so the person, we, God so can't give us love if we don't receive it. And so, it, like he says, with forgive that you might be forgiven. Mm -hmm. If you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. So, in other words, we bring judgment on ourselves when we don't live the reality that we're receiving. And if the person isn't really open to receiving that love from the Eucharist, then they won't, they won't be affected by it. A lot of people can go to communion or they, you know, go to the Mass and receive communion year after year and never change. You know, why aren't they changing? Because there's power <laughs> in the Eucharist. It's because our hearts are not open to receive it, to be transformed. You know, the early fathers said, you know, when we receive the Eucharist, we don't change Christ into our bodies. We're the lesser reality. He changes us into his body. Mm. And so we become more and more Jesus yeah. until finally Paul could say, I live no longer I, but Christ lives in me. And so ultimately we're, we're inviting Jesus to transform us in his image when we, when we receive the Eucharist. And when he does that, then we naturally will grow in love for our brother and forgiveness exactly. and exactly. so forth. Yeah, that's when we will realize that we really do belong to each other. Right. You know, when he when he rose from the dead and he appeared to Mary Magdalene, he said, don't cling to me, mm -hmm. which is what uh, Eve would, would do because of the original sin. In other words, he's healed the original sin. He's restored us to what we were before Adam and Eve sins. He said, don't cling to me, but go to my brothers. Mm. Now they're one, so we're all one family. Go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and to your Father. Mm. To my God and to your God. He's made us into his family. And so when we receive him, we're really growing in the Holy Family. We're growing and letting the Father be our Father and Mary be our mother. And so we let Jesus be our older brother who is our mentor and walks with us and teaches us. And the Holy Spirit is our guide each step of the way so that we can be transformed into Jesus. Ultimately, that's the goal, is that we be transformed into Jesus. Just like Paul said, I live no longer I, but Christ lives in me. I like that Jesus is our older brother. I've not thought about yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice, too. I like that. I like it, too, because I, I like my older brother. He taught me <laughs> all. <laughs> you, know, you know, some brothers have competition, but I, we, we, we cooperated. I mean, he was, he was a mentor for me in many ways. I've always wanted an older brother. I never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, nice. This is good. So oh, also, I, in my... Uh, putting together the book my daily eucharist you know the reflections on the the real presence every day mm -hmm. i remember the early church fathers had an image for the um of how the soul unites with christ through communion they're like uh, like two tapers melted together mm -hmm. the wax the burning wax melts them into one two tapers mm -hmm. become mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. And I, mm -hmm. I always remember that image, you know, the two little candles just melting together. 
Well, beautiful. Isn't yes. that beautiful? Well, in, in one sense, that's a good image because the uh, Jesus says, you know, blessed are the persecuted, for mm -hmm. those they shall be called children of God. Right. And, and the, the image that follows as an explanation of that is, you are the light of the world. You know, a light cannot light, be hidden, yes. but put on a, a light yeah. lampstand. You are the salt of the world. All of those are things that the light at that time, of course, was candlelight. So it was giving light as it was being, ex, uh, you know, lit. It, mm -hmm. was, it was being burned up for our illumination. It's just so hard for us being so human to really realize this. You know, that Jesus yeah. is truly coming to us, inside of us. Yes. And living within us. And I have I want to share with you from my little book, My Daily Eucharist, St. Gertrude once was going to communion and asked to be worthy of receiving Jesus. And may I just quote, Father, what, what uh, our Lord said to her. Yes, yes, right. Mm -hmm. I will clothe myself with your person in order that I may be able to extend my hand to do good to sinners without being wounded by the thorns which surround them. And I will also clothe you with myself in order that all those whom you remember before me and even those who are naturally like you may be raised to this high dignity that I may do good to them according to my royal munificence. Uh, wow. So, yeah, beautiful. isn't that beautiful? Well, <clears throat> you know, in one, one sense, you know, the, the Eucharist uh, is the effect of, of not all of the sacraments really spring from the death and resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. And so the Eucharist is his giving of himself, uh, his revealing of the self-sacrificing love of God mm. that is being given to us and inviting us to have a self-sacrificing love for one another mm. in the church. In other words, there's going to be uh, self-sacrifice in all of these gifts because the deepest communion is the shared vulnerability mm -hmm. it's not so much the shared gifts those are given for the building up of the body but the deepest gift and when everybody walked away from Jesus was his, going to be his passion and death yeah. and it, it's when the, that's why the saints that are the, the closest to Jesus suffer the most Jesus told Sister Faustina, that the more love, the more suffering. Mm -hmm. Not, but it isn't a bad suffering. It's a suffering that they want to do because they want to be with Jesus in the inter interceding for other people. Now, ultimately, Jesus—that is the goal of Jesus—that we would be so one with Him that we would be interceding for everybody who ever existed or ever would exist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he told that to Louisa that the, in the highest form of living the divine will mm -hmm. and that was Louisa Picaretta who was called and uh, to write about that and uh, Jesus wants to give us his will to actually carry out on earth what the Father chooses in heaven well to live that divine will what the Father is choosing in heaven is to have everybody in our heart whoever existed or ever would exist which is Jesus's, you know, in other words, only G only God could do that, of yes, course. Yes. And it would be his indwelling in us that would be interceding for everybody. 
but that, and he that, calls that's us astounding to, really it yeah. is astounding <laughs> he, ca <laughs> he calls us simple human beings to intercede for the whole world yes exactly that's rather exactly. amazing yeah yeah and we don't think that way because we don't see ourselves as being raised up to being actually co-workers with jesus no but father how do we do that how do when you wake up in the middle of the night do you intercede for the whole world? Well, when I w yes, I do, actually. As a matter of fact, he wakes me up sometimes in the middle of the night, usually at 3 o'clock or yes. something like that. Yes, And I, and I, just, I just stay there and let, let his love work in my heart for whoever I'd be working for mm -hmm. and to transform me because I realize how limited I am in my openness. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's like an ongoing <laughs> process, mm -hmm. but so, but it took Louisa thirty-five years or something to really grow into living the divine will, and not just. He, there were steps to get there, you know. She was told of desire was the mm -hmm. first step because we need to desire this to live the divine will, or yes. God can't give it to us because He won't force us. So yes, he, and then understanding. So the more we desire it, then the, I I keep saying, Lord, to Jesus, you're my teacher. Mm -hmm. I don't want to learn from anybody else. So you can you can use anybody you want, mm -hmm. atheists or whoever, but but I want to be you teaching at me, not not anybody else. Yes. And so that's understanding because we can't really grow in the, you know, knowing the uh, the will of the Father unless we know. What it's a, what is his will? Like Jesus gives us the beatitude, but they're so uh, <clears throat> different from our ordinary way of thinking. Like mm -hmm. love your enemy right. and do your do good for those that mm -hmm. harm you. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't do that naturally. This is that's only God. He says, "And so be you perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect, because He lets His sun shine on the good and bad alike. And he lets His rain." fall on the good and bad alike. So Jesus loves everybody as God. He is love and he can't do anything else. So sometimes when, you know, I think <clears throat> all of these things were only revealed to me gradually because like most people I would resist pain, mm -hmm. you know, and I did in the womb. I said it won't be a burden because that is a very painful thing not to yes. feel you're accepted. Father. And but then, and I caused the problem by doing that, huh. because I'm not a burden to God, and He was really the one that wanted to be the, my Father. <laughs> Father, sometimes during Mass, I will think um, how safe we are here, celebrating our spirituality, our religion, and I think of the people in the uh, Middle East or other places where they're persecuted, and yes, right. pray for them. Is this kind of like falling into what you're? talking about is uh, the divine will or, you know, or to intercede for those people yes mm -hmm. and also to be empowered by them because today for example the feast of the Korean martyrs yes. and there was mm -hmm. hundreds of them that got got uh, crucified or killed thousands or uh, ten thousand yeah. I think it was yes father David at mass today was saying that that was a lay person's evangelization because yes it was, yeah. right because yeah. wow. the priests couldn't come there and when they did come they got killed <laughs> within a year or whatever <clears throat> and so it you know, seems like maybe the Lord's putting that on your heart to pray for those it seems people. like yeah 
Are yes. there other steps besides desire and understanding? Oh, understanding. The third one is virtue. Virtue is actually choosing it, doing it. It's because that's how virtues are developed, is that when we, when we continue to keep choosing the good, we become virtuous. It becomes something we would only do. We wouldn't think of doing not doing it, you know. So when we're when we do the virtue, that is when we're really living the divine will, and when we notice we aren't living it and we ask God's forgiveness, that's what prayer is really, and contrition. Because when we recognize that we aren't living his love, we can look at the depth of that and see why. Why is it that I'm not really living, loving them, the people that come to the door or whatever? It's, it's because I'm trying to save myself somehow. I'm you know, I think they're taking what I need for my security or something. So I'm trying to make my own self secure rather than trusting God will make mm -hmm. myself secure. It, it, these are very deep things. And so it's like Gandhi once said, you know, no one can be nonviolent who fears death. Mm -hmm. So if we if we fear anything really, we're going to resist and use force or whatever against the person who's doing that. Mm -hmm. But Jesus says, don't don't resist evil. If they ask, if they slap you on one cheek, turn the other one. You know. That's a hard one. <laughs> the Lins have an interesting book on that, it's because they point out, you know, they call don't forgive too soon. Mm -hmm. And uh, they point out how those particular statements that Jesus said about, you know, if, if somebody slaps you on one cheek, actually those are, can be looked at as nonviolent confrontation, mm -hmm. just like Gandhi did. Yeah. Um, because if you slap somebody with your, the back of your hand, that's treating them as a, a slave or unequal. But if you turn your cheek, you'd have to slap them from the front of your hand. Mm -hmm. And that's actually treating them as an equal. Mm -hmm. And so you're really saying, you know, I'm an equal. And what you're doing is this, you know. Or if they take your tunic and give them your cloak as well. Well, they, they, yeah, it, that really, it really means give them your undergarment. So then they'd have to look on your nakedness. You know, they were really going to originally going to name the book, you know, Give Away Your Underwear. <laughs> but, <laughs> Father, Father, I but have the to... the publishers thought it was too racy, you know. We have to stop because people have emailed for prayers. I can only say their names. Okay. We only have one minute left. Okay. Uh, would you pray for Carla, for her student loan, for mm -hmm. Amy, who is praying about a, uh, her son who's in a dangerous situation, and for an anonymous... Uh, family business is up in, in trouble, um, and the family is asking for prayers. So for, would you pray for these fathers? What was the second one? Uh, the second one was um, the dangerous situation. Her son is in a dangerous situation. We only have a half a minute, Father. Okay, so Lord Jesus, we pray for each of those intentions. We know you know who they are, Lord, and what they need. And so we intercede with them and for them. And we know that you want to give them all good gifts, Lord, that they would help them to 
realize the Father's great love for us and that they, we would use our gifts and develop our gifts, Lord, in the way that we could be most service for the, the church, Lord, and for your brothers and our brothers and sisters, that all our gifts, whether they're financial or they're particular artistic or all the gifts, we're each given a gift, that they might use it for the building up of the body, just as you have given your whole life for the building up and the transformation of us into our Heavenly Father's children. Thank you. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon all that we're praying for and remain forever. Amen. Thank you, Father. FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Contact him by going to JP2. That's JP.